0: Hello everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to today's interview with best-selling author Robin O'Brien, who has written an amazing book called The Unhealthy Truth, and is called Foods Erin Brockovich by both New York Times and Bloomberg. She's also the executive director of the Allergy Kids Foundation, whose mission is to make clean and safe food affordable to all families, and the founder of Mom's Voices, a campaign to protect the health of children. She's a mother of four. And a featured speaker at our fourth annual Women's Wellness Conference coming up in Cotonisa, California. Well, it's an honor to be part of this with you guys. Let's start by you telling us a little bit about what caused you to become such a powerful advocate for clean, healthy food for kids.
1: You know, it's a really unlikely story. I grew up in Texas and Houston and wasn't, not only was I not an advocate, I wasn't clued into this at all. Um, you know, we were just typical Texas family eating ribs and, you know, chili cheese fries and really not thinking about it. We didn't have to, thankfully. Um, but my husband and I, we moved to Colorado about 15 years ago and we started our family here. And again, you know, we we're just kind of rocking along, not really paying attention. Um, and here in Colorado, there really was kind of this growing awareness of, of cleaner food and organic. And I just thought, oh, this is a, this is just a hobby or a nice little niche that these people had. And then our kids got sick. We had had four kids in five years. And, you know, at that point, I was just, again, as any busy mom, you know, just trying to get those kids to eat and, when one one of our children had an allergic reaction over breakfast one morning you know it just it stopped me in my tracks because I thought how am I supposed to do my job as a mom if I can't feed this kid food? And what's going on with our food that suddenly is making so many children so allergic? And so, you know, prior to moving to Colorado, I had gone to business school on a full scholarship and graduated as top woman in my class. And I'd been recruited by companies like Exxon and Enron. I mean, I really was so so far away from anything environmental or food related. But I went to work as an analyst on a team, an equity team that managed 20 billion in assets. And, you know, we were launching the company's first hedge fund. We were doing all this really cool financial stuff. And I was the only woman on the team. So the guy said, we're going to have you cover the food industry. And, you know, again, I really had zero interest in food. I had been raised kind of drinking Diet Cokes and, you know, snack wells and, and, and just really very disconnected from it. So as I was learning the food industry, it was purely analytical, just learning these business models. And then all of a sudden, when I saw what was happening, not only to the health of my child, but all these kids and the fact that this generation of American children has earned the title of Generation RX because of the rates of not only food allergies, but autism and ADHD and diabetes and even things like cancer, you know, I took a step back from that and I thought, what is going on here? And this is the future of our country. They're less than 30% of the population, but they're 100% the future of our country. What... Is going on here. And so all of a sudden, all that analytical, finance, data driven background, I turned it just. Flow on onto analyzing what was going on with children's health. You know what could be impacting it, and you know all of a sudden, you know through these these connections that I had here in Colorado, they were further connecting me to scientists and different researchers in the space. You know I was learning about some really fundamental and huge changes that had happened in our food system in the last 15 or 20 years, and so you know I all of a sudden had this ability to really kind of look at it not only speaking the language of a mother of four. Before, but also speaking the language, this financial language that I had been so educated in, and it was really, um, it was really kind of a weapon because as I started reaching out to different organizations, they freaked out and they kind of had this allergic reaction to me. And you know, again, I thought this doesn't make sense. Like, why is nobody talking about this junk in our food and how it can be impacting these kids? And it was just something I couldn't unlearn. And so as I began to speak out about it, um, you know, there are plenty of people that didn't want me heard, and yet at the same time, you know, I could step back and say, we're really one of the only developed countries in the world that have allowed for all these additives, all these genetically engineered ingredients, all these new things into our food without any long-term tests, and I think we can do better than that. And so it was sort of this piece of me that was so, so patriotic and such an American where I thought, we can do better than this. This is not our best food system. We can do better than this. And, you know, that was 10 years ago today. And, you know, to see where it's come in the last 10 years is, it's pretty inspiring.
0: A lot of changes have been made, but still many more need to be made. And it seems like all schools these days need to be nut-free facilities because allergies to things like peanuts and so on and so forth are so common and can cause kids to die. And you mentioned some startling statistics in both your book and your website, robinobryan.com, which is a tremendous resource. And you talk about how allergies of all types are skyrocketing to the point where we're really facing an epidemic. Food allergies send someone to the ER once every three minutes. It's stepping back and realizing so much has
1: changed. And if you think about things like high fructose corn syrup that people are talking about all the time, you know, it wasn't until the mid-1980s that Coke and Pepsi on the same day said, we're going to drop sugar and we're going to put high fructose corn syrup in. That was in the 1980s. So it's really not that far back. And then in the 1990s, there was just a fundamental shift in the way that we approached agriculture in this in this country. And, you know, these companies, these chemical companies that were selling all these weed killers um, like Roundup and, you know, all these things that are just sprayed on these fields to manage weeds and pests and insects decided that hey you know they can genetically engineer the crops they can literally change the DNA of the crop itself of the seed so that these plants can withstand increasing doses of these weed killers you know and so when I learned that I thought this is the same stuff that we're told not to put under our kitchen sinks you know every mom is told like do not put bottle of Roundup weed killer under your kitchen sink or anywhere your kid can reach it. Yet at the very same time, that is exactly what's being applied to our food crops. And so, you know, it was this whole novel approach to food production. It was patented by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, brand new, had never existed before. And so all of our key trading partners around the world, every country that we trade with, you know, in in a significant way, Australia, New Zealand, Japan, all of Europe, Asia, they labeled them. China, India, Russia even. They labeled these new ingredients, these genetically engineered ingredients, because they were new to the food supply, because we didn't have these long-term tests, because we didn't have things like unique allergy tests, specifically testing for, you know, the, how this may impact a, a child's developing immune system or a pregnant mom or somebody with Alzheimer's. And so they just exercised a level of precaution that we didn't exercise here. And so as I was learning about this, you know, I, I was meeting with the allergists and I, I said, If a child is allergic to soy, are they allergic to the soy that's been in the food supply for hundreds of years? or are they allergic to this new Roundup ready soy or are they allergic to this new Roundup ready soy that's been treated with glyphosate in the Roundup or are they allergic to non-genetically engineered soy that's been treated?" And I mean you just get this like blank stare Mm -hmm. and they would Mm -hmm. say, we have no idea Robin, we don't have that that level of testing and it was because we don't have that level of testing that countries around the world said we're going to exercise precaution and we're going to either label these things or we're not going to allow them into our food. And here in the US, you know, it was... It challenged so much of my belief system in a lot of different ways because to realize that we hadn't really had a conversation about it nationally was pretty jaw-dropping to me. And so as i looked at this data from 1997 until 2007. There was a 265% increase in the rate of hospitalizations related to food allergic reactions. 265%. And as you mentioned, you know, a food allergic reaction sends somebody to the ER once every three minutes. So that's not moms diagnosing. That's not somebody that's saying that they're sensitive. That is somebody checking into the ER to see a mm-hmm. medical professional once every three minutes. So what has changed? Because genetics don't change that quickly, something in the environment does. And so, you know, I kept coming back to this question, are we allergic to food or are we allergic to what's been done to it? And, you know, you mentioned peanuts. The peanut allergy has quadrupled from 1997 until 2010 in that 13-year period. So, you know, again, it's like what changed? In the mid 1990s and the analyst to me, the, the financial, you know, expertise that I have, like, I know correlation is not causation. And just because we see this massive uptick in the rate of hospitalizations and the rate of allergic reactions is at the same time we've seen this massive uptick in you know, genetically engineered crops and all of these, you know, pesticides and weed killers that are sprayed to them. It doesn't mean that that's solely what's responsible, but at the same time that correlation was so strong that, that I, you know, I just thought, That correlation is not causation, but a correlation of that magnitude merits investigation. And so you step back and you look at, you know, the sale of EpiPens. I mean, it's skyrocketing. And you're right. I mean, as kids, we didn't know anybody that had a peanut allergy or a a dairy allergy. And yet today, you know, a carton of milk and a PB&J, a lot of people look at them as loaded weapons on a lunchroom table, you know. And since when? Since when did food have the ability to kill a kid the way
0: we're seeing that today? The EPA just announced its plans to label the ingredient in Monsanto's Roundup as carcinogenic, which obviously is going to cause problems for the manufacturer.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, you've got to step back and you've got to think back to, like, our grandmothers. And you think about our grandmothers when they, you know, and and there are plenty of people out there that are still going to say, it's It's fine. It's safe. There's no evidence of harm, you know, and you got to think back and you got to remember those advertisements where it said four out of five doctors recommend Camel cigarette, you know, and it's like we are in the same kind of stage that our grandmothers were in with the tobacco industry where it was sort of this he said, she said scientific debate where you had scientists on one side, you know, with a ton of industry funding saying one thing and you had scientists on the other who are trying to sort of sound these alarm bells. And I think, you know, what's really intuitive and apparent is, you know, it doesn't make sense to be literally surrounding Everything in our child's environment with with this weed killer that the World Health Organization is now saying has this ingredient glyphosate that's a probable carcinogen. So it's like this is the World Health Organization. This isn't some you know wild-eyed activist over here. It is one of our country's leading resources, the world's leading resources when it comes to protecting the health of people. And that you know that was a big step for them to have to make. And I'm sure they've taken a ton of heat for it. And I've seen it you know in the press from some of these chemical companies. But again, you know when you look at the rates of cancer in the United States, it is jaw-dropping. The President's Cancer Panel reports that one in two men and one in three women in the United States are expected to get cancer in their lifetime and that cancer is now the leading cause of death by disease in American kids under the age of 15. And it's like just as we didn't know anybody that had food allergies when we were little, you know, we did not know as many people that have cancer today. And so we know these cancer rates are skyrocketing. We know they're skyrocketing in kids. You can look at the pharmaceutical drug companies again and look at the escalating rates of sales and revenue that the cancer drugs are driving for these different companies. And again, it's like, this is real this is really happening. So what can we do about it? Because, you know, as I was sort of unearthing a lot of this data and this information in the early years of the work, it was terrifying. It was terrifying on absolutely every level. It was terrifying to realize that it had happened. It was terrifying to realize that, you know, just as our grandmothers have been told cigarettes were saved for 50 years, you know, here we were talking about something as intimate as food. I don't like operating from a place of fear. So, you know, I saw a lot of people who were uh, advocates in the movement and they used fear and I just thought, I can't do that. It's very, um it's, it kind of got this very Inward energy to it. And I just thought, you know, this is a love inspired movement. And if people can realize that, you know, that we are, we are really pushing for this change to clean up our food system. So this food is safe and affordable and accessible for all Americans, not just the people that can afford to shop in Whole Foods, but for all Americans. You know, this is one of the most patriotic things that we can be doing. And if we can do it from that place of love that is, you know, for the health of our families and for the health of our country, that kind of energy I have found
0: to be 100% contagious in the most awesome way. Well, thank you for everything that you've been doing to win so many battles on behalf of food and, and healthy living for ourselves and our children. You've paved the way for people like Bonnie Hari, the food babe, who also is hammering these big corporations and putting a lot of pressure on them to change their ingredients. And, and many like her and, and David Wolf will be hosting the Women's Wellness Conference, really getting out there and spreading the message of eating organic, of eating organic looking at labels and learning how to read labels and what ingredients are and what's going to help you versus what's going to harm you and it's all about education which of course is empowerment and that leads me to my very last question which is can you give us a sneak peek into what you'll be covering at the conference? The landscape of health has changed and
1: we see it Every time we turn around, we see it in our churches, we see it in our schools, we see it in our community, and it's real. And here's the data, because I think numbers don't lie. You know, they tell a very powerful story, and you have to start with the data. And then from there, to be able to highlight the changes that you know we've created in the last 10 years, and it is all hands on deck. We need absolutely everyone, because there isn't one messenger for everybody. You know, some people are going to respond to my work, others need somebody else, and I think you know we really truly need as many voices as possible in this movement today. And thank Thankfully, that's happening. Um, But to also highlight the companies that are getting it, you know, companies like Kroger where they decided, okay, the CEO wasn't 100% sure that he wanted to move with the space. You know, it was back earlier, back in, you know, 2010 where they weren't sure if it was still sort of a niche. And yet at the same time, he decided, okay, he's going to give his team some runway on this. And so they launched this Simple Truth product line. And it was free from hundreds of additives and artificial ingredients. And then they also launched Simple Truth Organic, which was obviously free from high fructose corn syrup and GMOs and all these other things. That brand, Simple Truth, within Kroger went from zero to a billion in revenue in a two-year period. And I think to have a mainstream retailer like that, move in such a meaningful and significant way speaks to how we can do this together. And so, you know, my talk always will leave people inspired because we truly, truly need all hands on deck. And I think the reason people come to events and listen to interviews like this is because they somehow want to be part of that change. And what I have seen over and over and over again is that all of us have unique skills and unique talents to help. offer to this movement. And when you combine that and leverage that with what you're passionate about, it is extraordinary the change that we can create.
0: That's why we put on these conferences. It really is a labor of love. Gather people, educate them so that they can go out and affect change in their families, in their communities, in society as a whole, and that's why we do it. So thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview. We really appreciate it, and we're thrilled to have you at the Women's Wellness Conference, which is right around the corner, October 9th through the 11th at the Costa Mesa, Hilton in California. Robert O'Brien will be joined with other best-selling author speakers, including Carolyn Mace, Marianne Williamson, Dr. Alan Christensen. We had such a great lineup this year, packed with powerhouses, and everyone's invited. You can still get a ticket, but they are selling out fast, so register at the link listed below. Okay, we'll see you soon. Thanks so much.